Welcome back to Brailcast Extra. My name's Matthew Horsepool, and in this episode, we're going to hear a recording of a stay safe, stay connected call with Stuart Lawler, which was held on Friday, the 14th of August 2020. Stuart Lawler has co hosted many a Dublin Brailists meeting since 2015. He became specialist lead for Braille product portfolio at Sight and Sound Technology Limited in September 2018 and has over 20 years experience working in the assistive technology industry including as a member of the Irish National Braille and Alternative Formats Association in BAF and prior to joining Sight and Sound as Rehabilitation Centre Manager and Head of Technology Innovation at the National Council for the Blind of Ireland, NCBI. This session explained how various levels of Braille technology, for example a note-taker or display, might be advantageous for you in different situations. It also covered how mainstream technology has embraced Braille to all our advantages. Stuart focused particularly on the L-Braille with Focus 5th edition display, the Braille Sense Polaris and the Q Braille XL from Selvis Healthcare. The session was introduced by Ben Mustill-Rose and we're going to bring it to you now in its unedited form. If you've got any comments then please do write to us at news at brailcast.com. Hello everybody and a very warm welcome to this evening's Stay Safe, Stay Connected call brought to you by the Brailists. Uh, a little bit thin on the ground here in terms of presenters but uh, we're going to do uh, the best job that we can. I'm uh, Ben Mustall-Rose. I mainly uh, do the, the IT bits and bobs around the Brailists behind the scenes. I always, I always say that if I'm doing my job well you don't know that I exist because I, I try to keep everything working. Uh, but I'm going to be uh, running the session today and we also have Ed Rogers here. Hello, Ed. Hello. Uh, we also don't know Ben exists because he is showing up as Liam Smith. Very, very. So good I will point. be um, letting people into the room and watching for raised hands. So if you'd like to wait, ask a question, we will be saving most of the questions for Stuart until the end. But do raise your hand, and I'll try and keep a clear record of what order people raise them. Great. So um, just uh, just a little bit of uh, typical housekeeping uh, that, that uh, shouldn't be a surprise to, to many of you now, but I believe we've got a couple of new faces, so I'll go through it nonetheless. Um, all of our calls are subject to our moderation policy. It's not as scary as it sounds, I hope. Um, the, the main thing to remember is that we invite you to remain muted when you're not being spoken to. That's not because we don't want to hear from you. If anything, we, we really do want to hear from you. It's just that if you have a, a room for full of 15 people who are all unmuted trying to listen to just one person gets uh, a little bit tricky so we, we uh, re uh, invite you to remain muted when you're not speaking. Um, if you are unmuted and you're using a screen reader that is uh, using text-to-speech as opposed to braille uh, please wear headphones if possible and if not possible uh, please consider uh, please make sure that you are uh, not doing anything personal uh, to uh, to minimise the chances of any uh, private information being uh, spoken by your screen reader and uh, heard by everyone in the room. You can find all of the information about all of the calls that we run on our uh, Stay Safe page, which is brailists.org slash stay safe. And if you'd like to subscribe to our newsletter, which uh, will uh, mean that you receive a, a weekly summary of all the events that we're going to be running, you can do that from the main website at brailists.org. 
you'd like to send us any feedback or, or questions uh, at, at any point in the week, you can email help at brailists.org and uh, we'll repeat that information uh, towards the end of the call. Um, last but uh, by no means least, just a quick uh, reminder of some of the other sessions that we run. This is our Stay Safe, Stay Connected call. We're going to be bringing the uh, formal aspects of these to an end on the 28th, uh, so a few more sessions, but after that we will be running around a month's worth of informal drop-in sessions, so if you fancy uh, an informal chat, there won't be a topic, but you'll be able to join and there'll be someone uh, here to, uh, put the world to put the world to rights with. Um, we also have our Braille Beginners session on Monday at 7pm, and we have Clever Cooking on Wednesdays at 6pm, where, as uh, the name implies, we talk about cooking. Um, but you've, uh, you've heard way too much of me already, so uh, on to today's session. Really, if really... very quickly um, step in, just one more thing, Ben, um, just to let everyone know, because many people and a couple of our colleagues are away on holiday at the moment, we've been asked to record this session. So um, Ben is recording this right now, but please get in contact if you'd like to have your your part of that removed from it. We don't know if that's going to be put into a Brailcast or anything like that, but the moment is it's just a recording for those who can't make it, but um, uh, do use the email address that Ben's already given you. Great point there, Ed, and that is why you need a co-host. Thank you. Um, so uh, today, uh, a great session uh, lined up for you. Really, really hope you enjoy it. Um, we're talking to uh, Stuart Lawler, and that's a, a name that you you may well uh, recognise from uh, many many uh, many different contexts. Um, Stuart has been a, a long term uh, long long term uh, friend of the Braylists, uh, starting uh, many many years ago, back uh, pre COVID when we used to run physical events. Stuart uh, organised uh, many many meetings for us in Dublin. Um, he has worked in the assistive technology field under various roles for uh, over 20 years and also uh, work, also is a uh, committee member on uh, INBAF, which is the, uh, now I'm going to try and get this right, it's a bit of a mouthful, it is the Irish National Braille and Alternative Formats Association. Um, so, Stuart, hello. Thank you. I hope I didn't steal your, your thunder too much Hi, Ben. There. Uh, great intro. Thank you very much. Oh, very yeah, nice no, to be here. No problem. So um, loads and loads of, of things to talk about. You know, I, I have, when, we, uh, when we book a guest, we, we often write a, a bit of an intro just to make sure that we're not completely uh, winging it. Um, and um, you know, yours was uh, in the nicest way possible. It was actually a bit tricky to write purely because of the amount of things that you've, uh, that you've done throughout your career. So uh, lots, of, uh, lots of very interesting uh, things to get into. But um, at the moment, you are a... Uh, you are a Braille specialist, I suppose you could say, at, uh, at sight and sound. So I, I think, do you, for, for anyone who, who maybe isn't aware, do you want to just give us a bit of an overview of uh, what sight and sound does and what your role sees uh, you do day to day? Sure. And uh, first of all, thank you for um, the chance to come along to the Braille. I've actually been at a lot of the Braille sessions. I think I was a bit late to the party initially. I think um, Ilka, actually, who's on the call here as well from Ireland, told me about this, these events midway through April. And it's been a really, really interesting uh, you know, um, group of sessions to be at. So again, I'm delighted to be here. So uh, sight and sound technology, for anyone who doesn't know, we're in um, Northampton in the UK. We've been around since 1979 and started out actually as a uh, mainstream supplier of mainframe computers way back in the early 80s. 
And uh, the way in which we got into the whole assistive technology space is kind of an interesting story. And to just tell you very briefly that our founder, or rather one of our founders, a gentleman called John Bradburn, happened to literally bump into Ray Kurzweil at an event in the States that he was at, nothing to do with um, any, any kind of technology event. Happened to run into Ray Kurzweil, and Ray Kurzweil said that he was developing at the time a reading machine, which was the very first Kurzweil reader, which if anyone is old enough to remember, was about the size of a washing machine. And Sight and Sound brought that um, into the country in, the, in about 1984, I believe, into the UK, and kind of have been spearheading uh, a lot of new things ever since, I suppose. Um, so I'm um, amongst one of the things I do, I suppose, I'm, the, I'm the, uh, the specialist lead for our Braille products and I support uh, our staff and our customers and anybody who wants information on um, refreshable Braille technology and, and what's out there. And, and I suppose we often talk about not just the refreshable Braille tech that Sight and Sound promote but you know um, other technology as well and we we try to compare and contrast when when we can so it's a really interesting world to be a part of um i guess it's it's been a it's been a um, particularly interesting world over the last couple of months because obviously uh, covid has changed lots of things and indeed one thing that has been impacted seriously is the um the ways in which braille technology is being made we were expecting a few new devices this year we've seen one of them already from humanware but some other things that were meant to be with us during the summer uh, are going to be delayed so that's going to make the landscape a little more interesting possibly by the end of this year or um, early early next yeah, definitely. It's uh, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, definitely uh, strange, strange times uh, uh, ahead to a certain extent. And I mean, I, I suppose when we, uh, it should come as no surprise that you're mainly here to uh, to talk about Braille. But just on the uh, just on the point that you made about COVID, if I if I ask you to put your uh, InBath hat on, um, what what would you say? the effects have been for, for people what have you found the effects have been for people who want to read braille uh, in relation to covid is braille harder to get hold of or is uh, is refreshable braille maybe proving advantageous what's your reading of the situation relating to braille and covid yeah so so i think in the early days it's probably how many people in the uk and and probably all over the world found it was that it was just hard to get hold of paper based braille and if you were a member of a library maybe and if you really relied on your books and you gobbled up these braille books suddenly it's very hard to get them in the post because the libraries may have closed down or it's just harder to get access to this stuff and i think um refreshable braille was probably probably became more popular and like lots of things during covid when it com- came, when it comes to technology people were almost thrown into this stuff overnight and certainly in sight and sound we we took a few calls from people who literally had never read a brf file before but were very willing to try this out because hey i can't get access to my regular braille uh, and they were saying i i you know i want to do this and we and we it was really interesting to help people very quickly come to terms with that technology and people did it and did it did it very, very fast. And actually, Ben, you, you've kind of made me think because when I was putting together a few points uh, for this session earlier on today, I was writing on my computer with my Braille display and I was kind of saying, I wish I had a Braille printer or I wish I had my Perkins. And that's because when I'm presenting, I personally, and this is a very personal thing, I personally like to have paper-based Braille. I feel I read a little faster. I feel it's a bit more fluid. Um, but I don't have um, the luxury of that because I'm I've been also um, working from home like many people for I don't know how many weeks now, lost track. But I miss my I miss my 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 uh, I miss my paper, I suppose I'd say. 
That's really interesting. So, do you know? Hey, do you... Sorry, very quickly. I just wanted to suggest that I bring in another in-bath hat because Ilka's just put her hand up when you asked that previous point. So, just if I unmute Ilka. Sorry to interrupt, Ben. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks, Ed, for spotting this. Yeah, I just wanted to come in um, on InBuff as well, um, just to tell people who might not know that InBuff is basically the Irish counterpart of UCAF. So we're promoting Braille everywhere in Ireland as the Irish Braille Authority. Um, maybe to, to add to what Stuart had said, um, in comparison to some other countries, a lot of Braille services kept going in Ireland, um, all the school book production has actually increased because due to the lockdown, all our visiting teacher or peripatetic teachers um, got their orders in on time for once, which is really interesting that it's actually possible to get them in as early as um, colleagues would like to have them in. So the production output this year for educational braille material is higher than it was ever before. So there was a real boost there, which I thought was interesting. In terms of um, adult Braille readers, the NCBI library was largely kept open and people started to use Bookshare a little bit more. But interestingly, especially in comparison to the US, the US or Australia, um, they had a lot of downtime. We didn't have that downtime in Ireland because um, Braille libraries were considered essential services, which I thought was um, very, very well done and kind of put a value on the services that the libraries are offering. That's all I wanted to say. Well, thank you, Luca. Yeah, no, uh, great, great points. And it's great to hear that uh, actually, despite all of the, all of the uh, doom and gloom, um, lots, of, uh, lots of services uh, re remained open. Th thank you for that, Ilka. Um, really, no really, uh, really great perspective there. Um, you, you touched on something interesting earlier, Stuart, about um, you know, liking, to, uh, liking to read uh, Braille on, on physical paper. And uh, I was wondering, just as a, a quick sort of uh, follow up to that, do you reckon that do you reckon that's because you get the, the multi-line functionality? Because I know that when I'm, if I'm reading notes for a presentation, I can do it with, I can do it with text-to-speech, but Braille is, is definitely, uh, uh, definitely comes in handy there. But equally, I know that if you've got a display, you're, you're having to do panning, you're having to, to scroll. Whereas, uh, you know, if it is just a, a standard sheet of, of Braille paper, you do get that multi-line uh, functionality. Do you reckon that's part of what it is or is it something absolutely, else? Absolutely, absolutely. Because you often have one finger flying onto the next Next line so that you're reading ahead yeah. all the time and I, I have this habit and I know I've been seen doing this lots of times giving presentations giving a PowerPoint presentation changing the slide with one hand and holding a page against my chest that I'm reading my notes off and uh, you know I, I just think for for some for some things that that fluidity that you get on paper you don't get in Braille and on a, on a uh, well at present anyway uh, on a on a portable Braille system. Uh, of course, saying that, I use Braille uh, technology every day for things like reading text messages and emails. But I think when you're presenting, you're in a slightly different mindset. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, um, that, that sort of leads us on nicely to my next question. I sort of, I, I suspect that uh, most people on this call will be uh, uh, 
fairly uh, will, will be fairly sold on, on the need for Braille. But I, I see, uh, you know, when, when I interact with other blind people and sometimes uh, blind parents, you know, increasingly I, I, I see this, this school of thought, which is essentially saying, oh, I, I don't need, uh, I don't need a, a note taker now because I can just download NVDA onto my laptop or buy a Mac with voiceover. And uh, I don't need a Braille display because I can use the Kindle app on my iPhone and I can, I can just get voiceover to read it to me. So what, what would you, I guess, I suppose there are a few parts in that. What, what would you say in response to that? Why, why is Braille still needed? You know, what role does Braille uh, fulfill in 2020? And are there any other instances uh, in your sort of day-to-day life that you haven't touched on where you find that actually Braille is the right tool for the job, so to speak? Well, well, you know, I, I suppose we, we, we could have a whole session just talking about that very question, couldn't we? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So I, just, just to try to give you a couple of things, like when you're in meetings, maybe you're doing um, interviews. I've, I've um, interviewed people for jobs, interviewed so many people and having, having Braille in front of you with your questions that you need to ask. I can think of so many examples, but I think just, you know, um, fundamentally, and I think was it two weeks ago on these calls, you guys were talking about jobs and work and, and all these issues around working and you know challenges people have i suppose in finding work and there is i think um a definite correlation between uh, braille or a lack of braille um literacy and you know challenges in finding meaningful work i suppose but but also it's just nice sometimes to be able to read something without a voice to be able to put your own take on something your own interpretation they don't they call i've heard the, the the phrase before your um your silent voice or your reading voice that's the voice that's inside your head that reads to you and i think we all have a reading voice and uh it's nice to be able to hear that yourself when you're reading your braille rather than an audiobook or or jaws or um, nvda or, or or whatever it is reading to you of course those things are very useful as well and if i want to speed read an email of course i'm going to read it with jaws but um if I need, and, and I suppose I, I always find when I'm studying, if I want to remember something, really remember it and really get it into my head, I need to read it uh, with my fingers. Yeah, definitely. Because there's, there's the ability to, to understand what a voice is saying, you know, five, six, seven hundred words a minute. But then that doesn't necessarily mean that your, your brain has the ability to sort of really take it in and, and analyze it I, I always find sort of critical thinking is is harder with text-to-speech or if you if you do it you really have to sort of take a minute afterwards to to stop and and digest all of the information that you've been given I find yeah I was uh, I was studying a couple of years ago and I, I had to read it it was a lot of reading material and I, I thought because I was trying to think how I would get through it all and of course how I would produce it all in braille which is a, another story but I started reading uh, with my screen reader and I found within two or three minutes I had switched off I was thinking of other things and I, it was just murmuring in the background you know yeah yeah it's definitely uh, definitely a case of as you say that the use whichever tool is uh, is is best for the job so um, I, I suppose as, as I sort of alluded to before it should probably uh, come as no surprise to everyone that we're uh, going to be talking about braille and um, I know Stuart you you uh, sort of pulled out a, a few different uh, examples of, of different braille products that you wanted to sort of give us a bit of an overview of and some of the you know with uh, lots of contrasting uh, you know purposes feature sets so um, 
I thought we could go to that next. Um, and just a, a note for uh, all of our participants, we are uh, definitely going to make time for questions. Um, so what I thought we'd do is we'd, uh, we'd chat to Stuart for a little bit longer about uh, the various uh, Braille displays and, and note takers that he would like to talk to us about. And then if you uh, have a question about anything that Stuart said or anything that uh, I'm going to go out on a, a bit of a, a whim here and say that you, you, you may be, be able to answer some uh, some other questions about Braille tech. Uh, no pressure, Stuart. Um, I will try my best. Try my <laughs> I'm best. sure. I'm sure we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll figure something out. So, um, get your questions ready, and uh, we will come to you uh, after we've uh, spoken about all of the uh, exciting tech that Stuart wants to uh, to let us uh, to let us know about. So, uh, Stuart, what 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 have you? What come? What are we doing first? What did I bring with me to this virtual call? Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so I, 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 I picked out three different products that I was just going to briefly touch on because they have three different scenarios, I suppose. Um, and I, I'm sure many people on the call will be familiar with all three, may have heard of them, may have even seen them. Um, but they're products that are certainly popular in the UK and here in Ireland, and I know in the, in the States as, as well. Um, so the first one is the Braille Sense Polaris from HIMS or uh, Selvus, as they're called now, actually, uh, in Korea. And this is a device that comes in two flavors, in either 32 or um, 20 cell Braille display, um, 18 cell Braille display, sorry. Uh, um, and there's the Polaris and Polaris Mini, so the Mini is the smaller version. Uh, this is an Android device, uh, so just to, to do a few of the tech specs, running Android Lollipop 5.1, and I know, because I know somebody will mention it, and uh, I know it's a very old version of Android, and hymns know that, and there is work being done in that regard. That's all I can say about that at the moment. Uh, 34 gigabytes of storage and 3 gigabytes of RAM and a 2 gigahertz CPU uh, processor. Uh, detachable replaceable battery with about between 15 and 18 hours of use so this falls into the realm of a note taker uh, it's got things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi as well so the things you might do with this in things like word processor read TXT RTF PDF um, EPUB and indeed Microsoft Word uh, documents uh, play media files and use the built-in FM radio if you wish to do that got a fully, fe fully featured uh, scientific calculator, uh, an organizer calendar, which is linked to your Google uh, account if you want, because this is an Android uh, device. Um, uh, it, you can use the BrailleSense Polaris as a Braille display for your technology, whether that's your mobile, mobile phone, your tablet, your PC, your Mac. So this is what lots of people like about some of this stuff. They only have to buy one, uh, one thing or, and, and they can use it as a, a Braille display to drive something else. Download and install third-party apps from the Google Play Store, uh, which always comes with a bit of a health warning. As with anything else, you'll, um, accessibility will vary. And access Google services like Drive and indeed uh, Google Classroom, which is something that we're exploring with lots of schools. So a device like this is very portable. Um, it, it's, it, it has that sort of traditional note-taker feel and very much an education or work type of device, I suppose. Uh, we, we see those a lot. Uh, the second one I wanted to mention is the Q-Braille XL, uh, also from HIMSS. Uh, so this device is not uh, unsimilar to uh, something that's getting a lot of press at the moment, which is the Mantis 
Mantis 40, I believe it's called, from, um, from Humanware. Uh, the only difference, I suppose, is that the QBraille has a Perkins Brailler, uh, has, a, um, has a Perkins keyboard, and the Mantis has a QWERTY keyboard. So the QBraille has been really designed for people whose, whose primary choice of, um, of creating um, information is through Braille as opposed to QWERTY. So if you feel you're a faster Brailleist than you are um, a typist, this may, may be for you. So you have a 40-cell Braille display with a Braille keyboard, but you also have all your traditional PC-based keyboard keys. So you have your function keys and your Windows and Alt and Control, your cursor keys, Home, Insert, uh, Delete, etc. So it, the idea is that you can use those traditional keys. So you can press, for example, Control with the letter C in Braille if you want to copy text, rather than having to learn lots of uh, lots of commands, some of which can have a bit of a, um, a learning curve. The QBraille uh, works using a kind of a um, hybrid hybrid connection. So the translation as you type is being done on the QBraille and then being passed to whatever you're connected to. Uh, you can have six Bluetooth connections and one USB, so you can connect to a whole load of different uh, devices at once and switch between them. And obviously, this would be coming into the realm of a, a, what we call a smart Braille display. It does have a, note, a little bit of note-taking functionality, uh, notepad, calculator, uh, basic calendar, but I wouldn't be telling someone to buy this if you didn't have something to connect it to. Uh, because it's not really designed for that. And the last one, of course, I want to talk about is the L Braille. And this is probably the device that from the start of COVID has gotten the most interest, probably because we waited for it for so long. And I think everybody got very frustrated about when will the L Braille ever arrive, uh, the new L Braille, of course, that is. And we at Sight and Sound were as frustrated, I can tell you. But this is probably the most exciting device. And this is the device that I personally use a lot of the time. So you're running Windows 10 with a Focus 40 uh, 5th edition Braille display. Uh, you're running the JAWS screen reader and all this is built into one unit. So the, fo the Focus 40 docks into the um, L Braille itself. So the L Braille dock is, let's say, the computer part that the Focus uh, can connect into. So if you have a Focus already, um, you, can, you can just connect it to the L-Braille uh, dock itself. And if you have a JAWS license already, you can just install JAWS on the L-Braille dock. It's coming, the L-Braille is coming in a few, uh, few flavors, uh, i3 and i5 processor with 4 gig and 8 gig RAM, respectively. Uh, I'd I kind of be thinking of the i5 for most people. And the i5 zips along very nicely. Uh, it's got USB, Bluetooth, um, it has two USB, uh, sorry, it has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, uh, two USB ports, 128 gig of internal storage and uh, eight gig RAM and um, an SD and SIM card slots. So it does have a built-in modem, which you can use. And, and this device is getting a lot of traction. One of the big questions we're asked by lots of people at the moment is, when will the 14 version come along? Because, of course, we had the 14-cell L-Braille for the older Focus 4th edition, which, which lasted a very long time but was built on an old um, um, Intel compute stick and, and ran very slowly. Uh, so um, the 14-cell, the there's no plans to make that yet. Uh, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because it's the one that I would probably prefer personally and giving, given feedback from a lot of the customers we've talked to, it's, it's the one that a lot of people want. Uh, there's no plans to bring out a 14. I think they're going to fine tune the 40 and do a bit more work with it. Um, but it's definitely a device for 
I, I would say the blind professional, somebody in the latter stages of their schooling or college journey, um, it, there is a learning curve definitely to drive a Windows machine using just um, eight keys on a Braille keyboard is, is, quite, is quite a feat, I suppose. Um, but it is, um, it is doable. There's lots of um, resources available where you can get help to do it. Um, and it's definitely a device if you like your Braille and if you're looking for something that you won't have to compromise on things like Windows, it's definitely a device uh, worth having a look at. So they were the three I wanted to talk about, Ben, but I'm happy to sort of obviously take questions. And also, as you say, if we want to broaden the discussion into other other tech around Braille, I'm happy to um, I'm happy to answer where I can. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, thanks for that. And uh, some of those, well, all of those devices sound um, amazing in their own ways. It's nice to, uh, to see some uh, really high spec options as well. I quite like the uh, the i5 with eight gigs of RAM. But, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's going to last you for uh, for a long time. Um, I think one of the one of the things that really uh, struck me as you were uh, as you were going through all of those products is that, um, and I'm maybe going to show my age here a little bit, but when I was first looking at you know blindness specific devices. Devices. It was sort of either or in a way. It was you were using a mainstream, you know, fully mainstream setup with a screen reader, or you were have you were going to use a blindness note taker. And there were obviously you could get braille displays, and there were ways of sort of transferring files between you know braille, you know, blindness devices and and uh, and more traditional laptops. But it was always a bit fiddly, and you know, we can get into all of the uh, wonders of uh, USB serial emulation and, and stuff like that. But I think the thing that struck me was that actually from from what you're you're saying now it really doesn't have to be either or is it 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 seems like it's the case of well pick what works best for you and there's actually quite a large degree of sort of interoperability between your your more uh blindness uh oriented devices and mainstream ones as well uh, absolutely and and you know I, I think you're right you know if we go back 10 years it was all a bit of it you had to kind of hack around a lot you know to sort of get things to work sometimes and we are getting to the point and i, I say this uh, i say this rather cautiously but i i think it is happening gradually where a braille display is becoming a consumable device you know that you kind of you use it for three or four years and then you know you will hopefully give it to somebody i'm not saying that you throw it away but something better comes out that suits your needs or something smaller or something easier. Um, and, and there is lots of, there are lots of things happening. Unfortunately, it all slowed down a little bit because of COVID, as we said earlier on, but it is, you know, it is, it, it is happening. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, at least the cost of some of these is, is falling uh, drastically. You know, I never thought I'd see the day where uh, my, my iPhone would cost more than my Braille display, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, he yeah. here we are. And um, so it's uh, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, open this up a little bit to people uh, who have uh, questions for Stuart. So uh, anything about uh, anything about the products that you've just heard, or, or maybe anything about Braille tech in general? Uh, if you wish to raise your hand, that's Alt Y on Windows, Option Y on Mac, and uh, if you're using an iDevice like an iPhone or an iPad or iPod Touch. If you press the more button in the bottom right corner, there'll be a raise hand option. And if you're uh, dialing in on the phone, you can press star and nine and our, uh, our moderator will acknowledge you. Um, just while people are, are doing that, I've got one uh, uh, cheeky question while, while everyone's getting ready. Um, 
you you see uh, you see lots of different sizes. Thinking about Braille displays, you see lots of different sizes. You know, all, uh, from you know fourteen cells all the way up to eighty. Um, obviously, this is a, an incredibly personal choice. But would you say are there any sort of guidelines that that you can, rough guidelines that we can follow in in terms of deciding what an appropriate cell count would be? Well, I I always think the cell count is also going to, to some degree compromise your portability. So if you want to bring this thing out and about with you a lot, you probably don't want an 80 cell display. Uh, no, in, in fact, you definitely don't want an 80 cell display. Uh, uh, because they can be whilst, uh, quite wh- beefy, can't they? <laughs> it can. And, and whilst they're still, whilst they've certainly got slimmer, they're not something you're going to stick in your bag. So I've, I've kind of discovered something interesting with my Focus 14, which I pair to my phone and I bring with me everywhere. And I would say that 80% of the time, I'm using my phone with, um, with a, um, um, an earpiece and I'm using the focus to type, but I'm never reading the focus. I'm listening to the speech uh, from, from my speech. Um, from, and, and, I'm, and I think that's because the display is, is so small. I'm scrolling and scrolling all the time. But on the other side, I like the smallness because it's portable. Um, now, there is a, a company in Germany called um, Handyte- uh, Handytech. They were called Handytech. They're now called Helptech. And they have a very small device called uh, the Actolino, which is an 18-cell display, which has a, a patented technology called ATC, Active Tactile Control. And what that does is when your fingers reach the end of, um, of the display, it automatically scrolls to the next line. Um, oh, wow. So that's kind of interesting because that would make the 18 or the, or the 14 even quite attractive for braille readers. I think if you're reading a lot on the 14, you're scrolling, 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 and we don't have um, auto panning on, um, on phones yet on uh, iOS. We do in screen readers like JAWS and I think NVDA as well. So if, I think if you want to do a lot of reading and if you're going to be kind of desk-based a bit and you're using a computer, I think a 40 is, a, is about a nice it's a nice midsize and you know the focus devices the q braille uh, even the mantis they all fit nicely in there it's really uh, it's really interesting to to hear you say that actually because i uh I've got my I've got my Orbit uh, paired paired to my iPhone, and you're right. Typing is is so much uh, so much easier when you you have uh, well typing in Braille. Full stop. I remember when I first got an iPhone. You know, I was sort of I was trying to type with uh, with the on screen keyboard, and then Braille screen input came along, and then that was oh yeah, that's nice and nice. That's a nice speed bump. But then when I paired uh, a Braille keyboard, my my efficiency uh, improved even more. So. Uh, Definitely uh, lots of things to consider. Um, now, I've already said this once, but I'll, I'll say it again. I, I really have rambled on for uh, far too long now. So we're going to come to uh, some questions. Uh, Ed, who are we, do you want to say who we're going to go to first and then maybe who we're going to go to afterwards? Well, I was going to use my privileged um, position as someone who gets to choose who you ask questions by asking questions, but you went and pinched my, my question. I was going to ask oh, what, no. the, what the break points were for 14, 20 and 40 cell displays. And of course, the lesser spotted 80 cell display. Um, firstly, we shall go to Pardy, And then after that, we should go to Terry. So I'm just going to unmute you, Pardy, and you'll see something on your screen, um, which you have to click on. Good evening, Ben, and good evening, So, really interesting to see how uh, Braille Tech is entering the mainstream, and I totally agree with your point, Tim Stewart, about uh, the silent voice, which I use for my presentations. I'm just thinking for the future, in case my vision does get worse, and I've not 
learned Braille myself. But Stuart, is there any Braille technology that you would perhaps recommend for a beginner to learn the basics with Braille? There's a there's a lot of uh, well sorry sorry say a lot there's a few iOS apps that um, that do it that have Braille training built in, and I'm furiously trying to think of the <laughs> of the name of one of them and I can't but give me a, I I may be able to find that out for you before the end of the session. Um, I, I know there are, and I, and I know somebody who, I know at least one person who has used them with a, with a Braille display. Um, I think there's, some, there's one I think that's called Braille Study. Um, so oh, it might I'm be worth... I'm a note to, to ask you right at the end before we shut down, Stuart. So, okay. So and it might, back, be worth, sure. it might be worth, Pardy, looking on um, AppleViz. Uh, which is a really good site for all iOS things. If, if you're on, if, if you are, if you're thinking iOS, by the way, sorry, I'm, I'm sort of assuming there you're iOS. Yes. Uh, if if it is iOS, um, AppleViz.com has a huge range of, and they keep their uh, app categories very much up to date. And if something is accessible, they'll tell you that. Um, so that, that's probably what I'd recommend as a, as a starter. Okay, thank you, Stuart. Great. Thank, thanks for that, Pardy. Uh, great, great question to get us uh, started. Um, we're going to come to you next, uh, Terry, and then uh, who are we going to go to afterwards, Ed? After Terry, we're going to go to Jessica. Great. Terry, I have a Hey, Terry, how are you doing? Good to have you here. You may need to unmute yourself, Terry. Yeah, there you go. It's funny. Yes, it's, it's, oh, oh, hello. There we are. Hello there. It helps if you put the unmuted instead of the stay muted button, right? Ah, yes, yes. Well, my, <laughs> minor, minor technicalities, Terry. We'll, we'll let you off just this once. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. For, first, I wanted to just say um, I, too, for presentations, prefer uh, paper Braille. Um, but I have really become very immersed in the past year and a half with braille electronic braille displays um uh partly because of a friend of mine in the uk carla who is out there listening and and so i'm kind of really getting into braille displays and wanting to learn as much about them as i can so but i do prefer for presentations paper braille not only for the reasons you you mentioned, Stuart, but also because what if your battery dies or something untoward happens in the middle of a presentation mm -hmm. with your electronic braille display? Then you're kind of in a quandary, I think. Um, so, but anyhow, my question, I wanted to pick your brain for a quick second. Um, last night I was I decided I wanted to, uh, with Iva Focus 14, and I wanted to copy uh, a certain portion of text from one file and put it in, actually I wanted to cut it and paste it into another file on my Focus 14. I, uh, I should have just copied the text, but I thought, okay, I can just cut it and then I'll paste it in with the Shift P but then, lo and behold, it didn't work. I, I, you know, I, I copied it to the clipboard, then I went to the other file that I wanted to put it in, and, and I could not paste it in. And I'm, I'm assuming, even though I haven't pasted anything else in the clipboard, I'm assuming 
there's no other way to get to that clipboard information. And B, is it, am I correct that you can paste things from one file into another, or is it because of the limited memory of the 14 that it's only within a file that you can paste things from your clipboard? So my understanding is it's within one file, and when you close, uh -huh. when you open a new file, the clipboard gets empty. It's, it's important to say, and I'm probably we didn't mention this, uh, this actually when I was talking, so you're talking about the scratch pad on the Focus. Yes. Uh, Focus 14, which is, a, which is a great thing for quick and dirty, I would call it quick and dirty notes. You know, you want to write down a phone number or something, or you want to write a quick list and you're on the phone to someone or, or whatever it is. It's, it, needs a, it needs a bit of work. Most notably, it needs word wrap because um, that's quite difficult yes. when you're reading and there's no word wrap. And on a 14, that's particularly difficult, I think. Um, yep, I so agree. It needs, it needs that and it needs a couple of other things to make it a little more useful. Um, if What I would suggest to you, uh, Terry, if you're going to do that again, um, get the stuff into the scratch pad and then send it over to your computer or even your phone. So there's an option in the scratch pad menu uh, called send. Um, or sorry, I think it's called export. Actually, it is called export. export. Yeah. And you can export over to, uh, if you have that connected to JAWS, for example, and you open a Word document, it will literally take it across or if you have it on say ios and you're in a, a blank um a blank file or an edit field or maybe the notes app it will take it across the only thing you got to make sure is that the code of braille you've written in on the scratch pad is the same as the code of braille on whatever you're sending it over to that the, yes. that the code of braille that the codes of braille match basically right what i should have said was i, I wanted to copy it to the scratch pad first or paste it into the scratch pad and then, and and then, then label over, yeah. that as a... Right, but it would not paste to the scratch pad. I, just I these fear, few lines of Braille. Yeah, I, I fear you lost your, uh, your data oh. when you opened the other file. Um, when I, I opened mean, the scratch pad. Uh, yes, when you opened this, because you, you wanted to copy from... From a file to the scratch pad and then um, label the scratch pad as a file after I put the information in it. That's what I should have said. Okay. You can't, you can copy one way. You can copy from the scratch pad to a file, but you can't copy from a file on the computer to the scratch pad. Okay. Uh, what you would have to do in that instance, there is a way around it. You can, you can, with the focus, you can use the focus as a drive. So basically you can make the focus yep. appear as a drive and copy them onto, onto the SD card. But I, now I understand what you want to do. You can't do that. You can't do it that way. It would be interesting oh, if you could, okay. and maybe they will, yeah. but that's not available at the moment. Great. I'm sorry I didn't explain no, that. No, no, that, that's, that's absolutely with. fine. Yeah. No well, thank you. You've been a big help. And, and may I just, because Terry, it's interesting you mentioned presentations and that, that you prefer Braille paper. I, I just, I have to tell the story about my uh, uh, um, CEO of, 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 a, uh, of my former, uh, where, where, I, where I was um, previously um, working, a CEO there who was blind, uh, who retired since. And he told me about his Braille notes one day. He was giving a very important presentation and he was kind of meeting people prior to the presentation. He had his notes on his seat. Uh, so he came back to sit down and take up his notes and somebody had sat on them by accident and he was desperately trying to make out the fainted Braille and oh. what did he mean to write? <laughs> it kind of made me very worried about uh, cl clinging to my hard copy Braille ever since when I'm walking around before I present. Yeah, I spilled on. water on something I needed to, some music that I was singing and fortunately the 
pages that where the dots literally disappeared because it was thin paper. I knew in my head the words, so I didn't have to rely on it. But that's that can be a problem too. Yeah, absolutely. So it works both ways, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Stay away from the water for everything. I think for for both uh, braille and braille on paper and braille on technology. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Unmute um, Jessica now, and then uh, we're going to go to Jane. Great. Jessica. Hey Jess, how are you? Meeting you now. You're right, Jess. Oh, hello. There you are. You get to go. Hello. Sorry, I dropped my phone. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Hi, Stuart. How Um, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, really interesting what you had to say, and um, yeah, I've um, well, since the um, COVID, I've kind of rediscovered Braille, which has been really good, um, and just having the time to sort of learn it again and spend time and from what you were saying and other people I'm feeling a little bit gutted that I think maybe a year or so ago I thought I've got this Perkins radar I've never used it in the last however long so I'm going to give it away and now I'm kind of regretting that but never mind about that um Jessica at least you've got a um at least you've got a 70 pence stylus in the post now oh yes exactly (laughs) it's not quite a 700 pound Perkins (laughs) in both senses of the word 700 pounds sometimes it feels oh well anyway that yeah (laughs) that's by the by but um I'm looking forward to my new stylus arriving Ed so thanks for that um but yeah Stuart I want the thing you were talking about the um L L Grail was it yeah um, yeah yeah, I also have become a bit of a gadget lover over this whole um, lockdown period as well. <laughs> and um, what you were saying about that sort of blew my mind a bit. So is it, it's like a mini computer and then there's a braille thing which you pulls comes apart from it, this that, huge that, focus yeah, thing? Yeah, that, that's and exactly. And can any braille thing go in it or is it just this specific no, focus? No, it's just a focus at the moment. It's, it's focus 40, so it's, it's, uh, but, that's, but that's precisely what it is. It's a, it's a computer it's a Windows 10 computer that you put um, a Braille display into. And you can even plug a screen into it. You can plug a screen and a keyboard and a mouse into it if you want. So oh, anybody wow. could use it. So it's a, fully, it's a full computer. Anything you can do on your laptop uh, or your desktop, you can do on the L Braille. The key thing so is... So it's a learning. laptop size then as well? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's probably... Um, it's about the, it might be slightly narrower um, and you know it's it has a when you take the focus out of the dock it's not as it's not as thick obviously but you just connect the focus in and leave it in you can carry it around and uh, you have your windows 10 on it obviously and it just it just works wow so the, the, the biggest thing is just learning the commands yeah if I can, so can you use you the focus bit separately Sorry, Jessica. Sorry, Jess. Can you push? Sorry. The focus part. Can you use that separately to the you, main bit, or do you have you to can. have both bits with you all the time? Uh, no, you, you can. You could absolutely. Uh, you can take the focus with you if you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. If you were going somewhere, maybe for the weekend, you didn't want to bring the whole um, elbow yeah. dock and just bring your focus and your phone. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. Wow. I was going to ask you a related question to that actually, because mm-hmm. I, I I haven't seen the new elbow. Um, maybe you could uh, tell people the benefits of having the, that integration as opposed to someone getting a sort of a, a tablet or something like that and hook it to their focus. Well, I suppose uh, there, the, the, the key thing is that it's just, it's one unit. So you're, you're lifting something up. It comes in a little, um, it comes in a carry case that carries the focus and, and, and um, the um, 
L Braille itself. So you you don't have any cables and you don't have any potential issues with Bluetooth, which do present themselves every every now and again. Um, saying that, I suppose if you have a small enough tablet, um, if you have something like a, a Surface or, or or something else, you can connect your Braille display to it and still have a pretty portable solution and do pretty much the very same thing as you can uh, with the L-Braille. The, the battery is quite good on the L-Braille, isn't it? Yeah, the battery is about, again, all these things are depending on what you're using, but I, I tend to get about about 14 hours. Wow. And, I, and I'd be using Wi-Fi you know, quite heavily. I wouldn't be using Bluetooth, but I'd be using Wi-Fi quite heavily. Obviously, because you're on a focus uh, Braille display and the focus is connected to the L-Braille, um, you have your five Bluetooth uh, connections, which you can use as well. So you can, you know, you can control your mobile phone or you could control uh, something else as well if you wanted. And is it very expensive, Stuart? That's a great, I knew someone was going to ask this and I should have brought the sterling price list. And because I'm in Dublin, I only speak Euro, but it, um, do you know uh, something, Jessica, instead of trying to, trying to bluff a price, I'm just going to say to you that if you, Give me a shout next week. I'll I'll get a proper price for you. Or could you just give me a region? I mean, is it two thousand, three thousand? Yeah, no. It's the 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 dock is something like I think two thousand three hundred, and the Focus forty is is slightly dear. I think the Focus forty is two thousand five hundred. But you're you're talking about five thousand for the whole. Hour. Okay. And, and is and it the kind of thing you could get through access to work? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. 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 We've got we've only got Brilliant. ten minutes. Thank you. So I'm gonna... Dash through Thanks, if Jessica. it's okay with you, Ben. I'm going to dash, yep, dash through Jane and Carla and Kelly. Um, so, and then what I'm going to do is if if we take a while on Jane, we might ask Carla and Kelly to speak at once, and then Stuart can address the um, questions. Yeah, well, um, well, yeah. Let's let's see let's see how we go. Um, so, for anyone who's uh, just joined, we're talking uh, all things uh, Braille tech with uh, Stuart Lawler. Um, so, uh, now Jane, hello. How are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. A little good, good. Yes, um, aren't we all? My aren't we all? Yeah, uh, my question to Stuart is, as a novice Braillist, um, and only just had the Braille read, Orbit Reader, I wondered what he could advise me regarding having a note taker. What the best one would be to start off if I'm very new to Braille? Okay, uh, well, hi Jane. First of all, I, I, think, I think the Orbit I, I think the Orbit's a great device. It's the first thing to say. Um, and I think the Orbit is like, and, and I hope nobody will, will think this is a battle, but the Orbit is like the Ryanair of Braille displays in the airline, you know, the, the, <laughs> the airline, because it's forced yeah. other manufacturers to bring their prices down. And I think that's really mm. good. Um, I, I really like the Orbit because it is getting Braille into people's hands. So uh, my my understanding, and I'm not hugely familiar with it, uh, and I'm, somebody like Ben will probably be able to give you more info, but I think you can do note-taking, at least basic note-taking with the Orbit. It has something similar to a scratch pad facility. Um, and and you could even connect that to your phone. I don't know if you use a, an iPhone or an Android phone. No, uh, I don't Jane, use an iPhone. Don't, okay. I've got um, an Android. Yeah, I mean, you could connect I've it to the, Android. Um, uh, synaptic phone. Oh, the Synaptic, yeah. Basic, so you could very, very basic. Yeah. Um, can't use an iPhone. You could I've put tried there... it, but it just doesn't agree with me. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> not sure how well the Orbit would work with Synaptic. I mean, in theory, it should. No, there should be something. I. But uh, so you know, in terms of if you Maybe want to, that's a, a question more... I need to ask um, the Nib about yeah. whether it could possibly be connected up. 
if you if you wanted something a bit more fleshed out though with things like maybe email and a web browser you know something like the polaris i was talking about earlier on would be would be one one option if you prefer a qwerty then maybe something like the mantis from humanware but the mantis is is more of a display than a note taker so i think it has some note taking Mm. functionality um but I, I'd, I'd probably explore, if I was you, I'd explore what's possible with the Orbit first before you buy anything else. Yes. Uh, okay. And see what you can, see you what you can do with that. You're welcome. Yeah, my Orbit reader's just gone back to R&IB because it failed miserably oh, after dear. today's presentation. Dear. So um, I'll wait for them to send me another one, um, hopefully, um, in the next couple of weeks. Well, I hope, uh, oh. hope you get that soon. And uh, thank you, uh, as always, Better for your right. contribution thank there, Jane. You. Great, great questions. And um, because I think, you know, sometimes, mm. sometimes it's easy for us as, uh, you know, sort of relative uh, Braille and tech uh, boffins, I, I guess, to, to sort of uh, forget that actually, yeah, some people are just getting into this. So uh, really, really uh, good mm. to have your perspective there, Jane. So uh, thank Ed, you. Ed, should we, should we try and go to everyone individually? But maybe if we, uh, if we just remind everyone that we're running a little bit short on time. So uh, if we could maybe try and keep the questions uh, slightly snappy, uh, that would be great. Um, sure. Uh, next is Carla, and then uh, we'll unmute Carla now. And I will also keep my answers snappy, by the way. I'm, I'm just kind of reminding myself to keep my answers. Oh, no problem. I, th- I, so. think we're, I, think we're doing, I think we're doing okay. I've got my, I've got my eye on the, the old system tray, uh, so to speak, which is <laughs> yeah. a, a, a geeky way of saying that I'm checking the time. <laughs> um, Carla, yeah. how are you? Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hi, Carla, how are you? Hello. Hi, Stuart. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I have a, both a Focus 40 and a 14, uh, which I absolutely love, to be honest, and I use them every day um now my question is to do with the l braille um are the commands that um you use for the l braille the same as what you use when you control a computer with the focus 40 say they are identical so if you ah. know those you're up and running and that's what we often say to people if you have a laptop or you have a computer already and you have a focus plug it in mm-hmm. and you'll get going yeah. straight away and then you're you ease yourself into it and then if you do switch over to the Braille, you're up and running straight away oh perfect that's really good thank you you're welcome excellent great so uh ed who are we uh, who are we going to next next we are going to khalid and then we're going to alan great hey khalid how, how are you doing i'm okay thank you and, and thank you great, um, great. today. Hi, really enjoyed it. So um, I bought a Humanware Braille Note Touch, and I'm kind of regretting it, to be honest, because it was very expensive, and it doesn't do nearly as many things as my iPad can do. And it's also, um, they've released a newer model, which is mm-hmm. even more expensive still, and that's the model that gets all the updates now. They've, mm-hmm. They seem to have neglected the, the one that I've got. So I was just wondering about some of this other technology that, that was mentioned today, if it can be, if it will get updates regularly, um, and if it sort of works with, with the newer software that comes out. Okay, so I'll, be, I'll give you the absolute straight answer. First of all, in relation to the Polaris, Polaris is about at the same stage as your poor old Braille Note first edition. Uh, it's, it's slightly more ahead of it, but it is on an Andro- it's on Android 5.1. And just to put that into perspective, we're on Android 10 at the moment. So um, I, I can't say much about it except to say that the people who manufacture the Polaris in Korea are aware of that. And I think you'll see something next year. So if you were looking at a note-taking device... 
and, and you wanted it to be frequently updated, you may you, it may be worth holding off. On the con on the other side of that though, the L Braille is a Windows 10 machine, so that's going to get updates all the time. Uh, f so if you are interested in something like an L Braille with a focused display um, as your as your computer, then that's definitely an option worth exploring. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. You're welcome. Great. Thanks for that. And, uh, you know, really, really good points with, uh, you know, relating to the investment of assistive technology, because we obviously, these uh, devices aren't always the cheapest devices ever. So we, of course, want to make sure that we're getting uh, as good a value for money as possible. But equally, we should acknowledge that actually developing these products is hard. And sometimes companies can uh, come into uh, uh, unforeseen circumstances that make these things a little bit harder to do. Uh, so I believe we're going to uh, Alan next. Is that correct, Ed? That is correct. Alan, how are you? How are you doing? You may need to unmute yourself. I guess while we are waiting for Alan, um... Uh, I was wondering if uh, we've got a couple of notes from earlier. There's some the app for Pardium. Somebody if that had um, uh, rung any bells for anyone and learned some learning apps. And the other thing I was going to ask Stuart is if you could maybe give us your contact details. We're getting in contact with you at Sight and Sound if anyone was interested sure. in those displays. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Uh, so first of all, in terms of in relation to Pardy's question, uh, from my from my perspective, no. But if but I will I will look that up and I will email it to Ed and perhaps. We can get it out on the on the Brailleists uh, page, uh, for, so, that, so that you'll find it there. Uh, but if anyone wants to contact me, my email address is stuart.lawler, that's Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, at sightandsound.co.uk. So stuart.lawler at sightandsound.co.uk. And you can ring me directly in the UK and through the magic of all the things they've set up in the phone system, it will divert over here uh, to Dublin, and the phone number is 01604 798006. That's 01604 798006. I'm very happy to help with anything we can. We run a series of um, um, webinar events, which um, Ed has, has, been, uh, has been part of already, uh, every Wednesday um, at 2 p.m. So if you're interested in those, uh, please give us a shout, and you find info on the Sight and Sound website as well. Great. And, and Stuart, uh, you're also on the forum, aren't you, uh, sometimes? Uh, yes. Yes, on, on the Brailleists, yeah. So I'll, I'll have another go at, um, at unmuting Alan. I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. No, it's okay. And just uh, just while you do that, Ed, I think it's worth pointing out that if uh, if anyone uh, missed any of that information, best thing to do, send an email to or wants uh, any kind of clarification as to uh, anything that we've discussed uh, this evening, best thing to do is email help at brailleists.org. That's help at brailleists.org. And uh, our, uh, our lovely... Uh, uh, our lovely uh, support team, which is actually uh, Matthew Horsepool, uh, who isn't with us today, but uh, Matthew uh, always does a, a really good job of uh, triaging those requests and uh, getting back to you. So that's help at brailist.org. Um, Alan. I'm open uh, now. Oh, perfect. Alan, yeah, hey, great Alan. to hear you. How are you? Very good. Good, good. Sorry I'm late, but I've got a no quick problem. question. Go ahead. Okay, I'm talking about the Orbit Reader. Um, 
I love the Orbit Reader. It helps you read the books. The disappointment about the Orbit Reader is the commands are not in an easy way to find. And in order to find out the commands, in order to work the Orbit Reader properly and join it to another computer, I have given myself RSI. So oh it's not the oh easiest thing to yeah, understand. That's, that's and when you phone up and ask inquiries, they answer one question at a time. And I'm saying it's ever so simple, James. Why don't you publish a list of commands and put it on the front or the back? You can get a list of commands, but they're on the orbit reader. And you don't know they're there until you've got RSA trying to find it. Oh, gosh. Cheers. Oh. Okay. I, wow. I, I, unfortunately, I, I don't have an orbit, and I'm very, not, very, uh, not going to be very um, useful for this one. Uh, but I, I know there was, of course, that was on PC. There was a, a really good user guide for the orbit I saw before. It was very well written, but that's, of course, on a computer. So I suppose what you're looking for is a, a quick quick few shortcut yeah. keys that would be in braille with the device. With you guys. I'm just going to bring in James very quickly from the oh, Brilliant. Now, I did wonder when you said James, uh, which James you were referring to. I had a sneaky feeling that I may know, uh, and I guess we will find out very shortly if I'm correct. Uh, hello, James. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm, I'm doing so, well, thank you. So, Alan, your point is absolutely valid, and there are two things which I will tell you. Number one, there is a shortcut key list on the Orbit Reader website. And number two, we have put that shortcut key list on our version 4 card which is now shipping. If you um, want a copy, contact me, um, james.bowden, and I'm very happy to send you the file. Not a problem. That's james.bowden at rnib.org, I see. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Stuart, for this. This has been really, really informative. I, I, I always, uh, one of the things I really like about these sessions is that we, we sort of, we, we think of a topic and, uh, and we think, oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. We reckon we, we've got this one sorted. And then someone comes along and you, we always learn something, you know, you learn stuff uh, that, that you just didn't think of at all. And uh, I, I, for one, am, um, uh, I think that the main takeaway for me is uh, actually about presentations that actually so many people use similar tactics to me when, when I, uh, when I'm doing presentations, but uh, lots of uh, useful stuff as well in terms of devices and uh, what to, uh, what to consider when uh, making a purchase choice. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Stuart, once again, thank you so much for coming. Um, ben, and, you're, uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're very welcome. And again, thanks for the opportunity. If there's any way I can help anyone, please feel free to get in touch. If there's, if there's Braille queries, maybe someone has something they thought of after the session that they would like clarity on, I'm very happy to help where I can. And, um, you know, I think it is a, an exciting time in the world of Braille. I, I actually think it has been in the last couple of years. And I, I think that's going to continue. So I think we're in a we're in a pretty good space at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like there are uh, many uh, exciting products uh, on uh, on the way to being released. So, 
Uh, we've been The Braylist. Uh, just once again, if you have any questions or feedback, the best way to get in touch with us is help at braylist.org. You can find all of the information about our uh, series of events that we've been running since uh, the beginning of the lockdown, all that, uh, all that time ago, nearly five months now, at braylist.org slash stay safe. And if you'd like to subscribe to our newsletter where you'll receive a weekly summary of all the events that we're running, you can do so from the main braylists.org website. Um, massive thank you also to uh, Ed Rogers, who's been uh, uh, doing an incredible job behind the scenes, making sure that everyone is uh, muted and unmuted and dealing with uh, some of the uh, interesting quirks of Zoom. Uh, less than glamorous <laughs> assistant. Oh no! Oh, you're you're, glam you're glamorous to me, Ed. <laughs> but, uh, you can't see how I get get up for this for this these calls. Uh, see, see, I always wondered why you hadn't turned video on in any of our meetings. You know, <laughs> right? Well, on that on that uh, worrying note, um, thank you once again, Stuart. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ed. We have been Adamant signing out. Yes, we have been the bravest. Have a great weekend, and I'm sure we will see you all soon. Thank you and goodbye.